Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Phil Tiger. Hello everybody, hello Slackers, I hope you're all good, thank you for making it to episode 2 of season 3 of the Slacker podcast, uh, big ups to everybody who listened to um, the Biffy Clyro one from last week, which did really, really, really ridiculously well, uh, and thank you very much to Biffy for that as well. Uh, if you're fresh and this is the first time you've landed on the doorstep of the Slacker podcast, then you're very cordially welcome, you don't have to take your shoes on, we're not, uh, take your shoes off, we're not that sort of house in here. Um, if you want to know what it's all about, it's very, very, very simple. We get to grips with the best artists that we possibly can get. And we dig into the sort of annals of uh, the music that they've made and try and go back as far as we possibly can to grab a demo from the early days. Something that is almost like, almost private. It's almost something that you, that you don't want to see. It's like almost like the embarrassing baby pictures. Uh, you try and get something from the very, very beginning and use that as a kickstart uh, to go chronologically um, through their career and chat a little bit of shit as well because it's fun um also because this um series is like going completely diy through me for the very first time which is very exciting um i started a patreon uh, which is patreon.com forward slash slacker podcast so if you really enjoy it and you want this uh podcast to make it to series four and just to keep on running um we need engine oil for it uh so if you want to become a patreon there's three different tiers there, and yeah, it, it just it keeps the lights on at Slacker HQ, and it, it shows that you are getting something out of this, and yeah, it helps me out a lot. Thank you very much to the Patreons uh, from who signed up there over the last couple of days. A A T, whoever you are, uh, Leanne Alanis, uh, thank you very much for uh, uh, supporting the podcast, and Narjra Ahmed as well. Um, so yeah, big big up to you guys. Uh, what have we got coming up in this series? Uh, do I really want to give away all the names yet? Or will we do it each week by week? I'll tell you what, at the very end, I'll tell you who's on next week. Um, as usual, you can grab my book, The Phil Taggart Slacker Guide to the Music Industry, which is a book for anybody who's releasing music, anybody who's playing in bands, anybody who's just bought an acoustic guitar, written what they think is the next uh, number one banger and they don't have no idea how to put it out. That is exactly what that is for. Um, so you can get that from com. 
And yeah, I'm not going to waffle on too too much uh, this week because I think with a lot of podcasts, they tend to do like 12 minute intros and you're just like, here, just just get to the good bit. <laughs> um, yeah, so this week we have got Youngblood. Obviously, you've clicked on the title, you know uh, that you're getting Youngblood. Uh, and yeah, he is a very fascinating artist. Uh, first time I ever came across him was at one of uh, the slacker nights that I, I used to put on. Um, he was there with his manager and he was just this like absolutely rambunctious mental kid that couldn't be tied down. He was hopping all around the place, giving hugs and just hanging out. And yeah, he's blowing up so fast. He's probably one of the the sort of artists in the UK that's blown up fastest, uh, over the last couple of years. And, you know, I think he's been very clever about it, uh, doing a lot of his stuff out of, um, the US. It's just been great to see. I, I like, I like seeing young people succeed in, in the arenas that they would like to. And he really, really, as you will get from this conversation, uh, he really, really, really means it. Um, yeah, I think apart from that, that's pretty much it. I've got my club night, which is starting in Brighton and London, called the Melancholy Social Club, uh, if you want to come to that in April or May. Uh, if you sign up, actually, to become a Patreon, you get free tickets um, to to that show. So, uh, yeah, anyway, I've, I've, I'm done selling my wares. All you want to do is hear the conversation with Youngblood, and here it is in three, two, one. This thing is working. Let me push this a bit more towards you. Guys, well, if you want to go and do some work out there as well, yeah. honestly, yeah. Start, I was you just come back in and me and him are sitting kicking the head of each other. Like, going, <laughs> fucking hell, how did that? How did that happen? Why this? What's what they're doing? What, what happened? Oh, what would Nikki Six do? <laughs> That's what we always say, man. It's like, it's the question if we want to go to the pub, like, what would Nikki Six do? It's like, your boy, MGK. MGK, Machine Gun Kelly was in. Uh, he was in the Motley Crue documentary. Yeah, he's in the he was fucking amazing in it. He was sick, man. He was sick, bro. He was like, he was. Um, I remember watching it in. Uh, oh, I was or in Notting Hill, man, and he's and it came out, and I could just called him. It was like two in the morning where he was, and he's always up. He was a bat like me. He was amazing. He was so good. See, he's a, he's a bit of an actor just like you. You want to get a role like that? Yeah, flat out, man. I'm literally like, one day, I mean, when the time's right, I want to get my music kind of off the, like, completely off the ground first. You know what I mean? And then... Who would you play? If you could play anybody oh. in a sort of biopic? Like, who would you play? Biopic? I'd, like, I'd love to play that boy George or something. Or Robert Smith. I see, it's always more difficult when they're alive because, like, you, you, yeah. you freak out a little yeah, bit more about, yeah, I can like, you know, when Johnny Depp played Hunter S. Thompson, yeah, he got so close to Hunter S. Thompson he kind of like, changed same, as a person. That's the same with like Kells and Tommy Lee, the like, mates. I've seen, I've met Tommy Lee like four times now. Tommy but, Lee's crazy. Does it get competitive like between the two of them? Do they like start like trying to like squeeze limes into their eye nah. and sniff salt? And nah, nah, they're pretty chill <laughs> to be honest. Mate. Tommy's calmed down a lot. Obviously, like, he kind of has. To. I think everyone. I think all, everyone's like like from that era to like calm down a lot because they all like old ladies' handbags now. Do you know what I mean, they're always like. Ah. Yeah, you see Steve Tyler and like Steve Tyler, like he he talks about his like routine and like you know what he does, and I'm like, you're probably healthier than I am, and you've probably snorted more drugs and cocaine or than Columbia can. Yeah, completely like put together. Yeah, like and I'm like, it's mental. It's just like 
It was weird, but people always ask me that. I was like, are you into drugs? I'm like, I've never, because I've got ADHD. You don't need it. I've never, I've never been, I like, I wish I could be, but I will still be up at 7am. When everyone hits the dark hour and's like, starts to hate themselves because the, like, the come down's coming on. I'm like, let's go get breakfast. Do you know what I mean, I, I don't know why I've always been that. Just, Those people must love you then. Bro, they hate me. I'm like in the face, like, come on, let's keep going. Like, get out of my face, Tom. <laughs> How long's the longest that you've uh, you've stayed up? I mean, this is kind of a bit of a record, to be honest. I think, um, like, because I've been writing the album, I've been up for days. I've been sleeping two hours, one hour a night. Yeah. I think I think once you kind of like get into that zone. I just can't sleep. I'm just so wired. Like, I'll, I'll start a session at midday. Yeah. And I'll go till 7 a.m. And then I'll come back, sleep, get up at 10. That's, that's intense. Dude, but it, the thing but about there's it, only some, people, only some people can do that. But if it's mental, it's like, that's, that, but it's just a time in my life that I'm like that now. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. Think, I think it's just, it makes me think less. Do you reckon it's, the ADHD, um, or ADHD, uh, um, I don't know if we got it right. Yeah, yeah, ADHD, I think it's like, I think it's just something, I think I've always been that way. Yeah. It first started, I remember, the first sleepless night I had was before The Great Escape. The first proper sleepless night. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? I, Did I mean, you not have it as a kid? Like, I, No, I, that's what I'm saying. As a kid, I, I couldn't sleep. Yeah. But like, my dad used to drive me around in the car, even up to being like... Nine. My dad used to get up at three in the morning and drive me around. <laughs> wow. And, and just see, like, it was weird, dude. Like, if I get in a car, I... Um, you're straight out? I'm, yeah, do you know what I mean? I'm straight, I'm straight that's out. Quite, that's useful now that you're going on tour, right? Like, you're going to be on a tour bus and you're right. Oh, dude, yeah. Like, it's easy now. Do you know what I mean? Like, we, we, like, I, was, like, I was literally with, like, Lewis Capaldi at the airport yesterday because um, we just landed from... He's another guy that's not sleeping too much at the minute, dude, right? Dude, we're just crazy. We're just... I think the thing about it is, like, we used to be... We used to know each other in in London, or like when we were trying, both trying to get signed. What before it before it all popped before off? Before anything, yeah. Before like literally before I met my bo- my bander Slack and I. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like literally, because I remember Chloe played. You know the artist Chloe. Yeah, yeah. From Glasgow. Chloe, she's, from, she's, um, she's amazing. Yeah, I, she's I, amazing. I love her. She's killing it right now yeah, as a yeah. songwriter. Um, and uh, and. Me and Lewis had just kind of be coming to, to nights like that or just whatever, trying to get a sign in the UK. No one wanted to touch us. Well, I, yeah, I, I kind of remember that. Like, I, rem- I remember, I definitely really remember Lewis Capaldi because I gave him his first play on the radio. And I remember when I played it and nobody else would play it after me. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Like, and it was the song Bruises, which yeah. not, which was his last single. Yeah. By the time this comes out, probably his second last single. But I played that in the radio and fan-wise, it kicked off. But there was, like, I mean, they probably won't appreciate me saying this, but it's a complete fact that nobody else was touching it. Yeah, I think the thing about it is I think, like, especially, like, it's a sign of the times, man, really, that artistry is so less reliant on kind of, like, media out, I think, now. I mm. think... It's a day and age of connecting to people. Like, the biggest artist in the world, like, Billie Eilish, man, she wears oversized clothes, completely... Un- the, the, one of the first unsexualized pop stars yeah. ever. An 18-year-old girl who doesn't give a fuck, who will say what she wants, who isn't talking about her body, she's talking about her brain. Mm. A female pop star mm-hmm. is talking about her brain. 
and been fucking adored for it. And it's amazing. Lewis Capaldi, a fucking kid from fucking Scotland. Blocking toilets all around the yeah, world. That's what, I'm saying. that's what I mean now, bro. I mean, it's just like, it's a time of real yeah, yeah. people. But that, that everything is always a reaction to what came before. Um, like you can see it in music, like grunge music killed off hair metal, Britpop killed off grunge, you know, things, circles are coming and ending uh, all the time. And there's been a long period of prim and proper pop, pop stars who have been happy to do whatever the record label tells them to be media savvy and, and play that. And it's, it's fucking boring. Dude, that's what I mean. And that's, 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 what, that's what culture is. And no one got me. In the arena, uh-huh. no one understood me. Yeah, everyone thought I was too loud, too bright. It didn't everyone thought I was naively talking about issues and politics and what was on my mind mm. when the misconception about my generation is that's what we are doing, but it, we are absolutely the complete opposite. We are an informed generation. We know what we're talking about. We pride ourselves. It's cool to give a fuck now. I think a lot of the problem stems from the fact that older people uh, think that younger people aren't as smart as they actually are. Like I, I can definitely say with a lot of confidence that like on general issues and just brain capacity. I was way smarter when I was like 16 or 17 before like I'd started drinking before I started playing like football before I was falling over and bashing my head all the yeah. time like I'm better at certain skills now but as an actual open-minded intelligent person I think I had more brain cells around that stage dude I just think it's like the people that's the one common denominator I find like and I've been all over the world yeah you know I mean I've met young people in Australia Perth in Nijmegen Holland in Atlanta Georgia in Toronto Canada mm. you know what I mean like it's kind of gone mental how quickly the fan base ignited and the family and the community ignited. And the one common denominator between us all is the intelligence, the strive for equality and the want to be loved and accepted for who we are that's embedded inside our heads. Is the problems and the, the things that people confide in you, which they do because like you, you've spent a long time bringing your community together, getting your fan base sort of mobilized and, and, and very much standing eye to eye with them instead of standing on the stage, if you Absolutely. know what I mean. But is the fears that you have and that they have universal, like does somebody in Switzerland or Australia have the same feeling Absolutely. as somebody in the UK? That's what's crazy. Yeah. It's like a such smaller planet now it's such a small planet because everything has become so universal like i can speak to anybody from any country within two minutes we're all thinking the same things the same things are going through our brains that's like genuinely one thing i've learned and Mm. like i'm in the front line you know i mean i'm i've not stopped touring for 18 months and i'm not going to stop till probably we're booking shows till march next year does, does that give you panic? No, man, I love it. Yeah. It gives me purpose. Yeah. It gives me, like... At the end of the day, like, that was, was the reason I got into this, and that was the biggest misconception about me, I think, at the start. I didn't care about what what what, I, what happened. I didn't care about how many streams I got. I didn't care about the radio. I didn't care about the reviews. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to... I was obsessed with The Clash. I was obsessed with... Same here, my favourite band. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Joe Strummer spoke to me in a way where 
he knew what I was thinking. He'd never even met me. Mm. He was a ge- he was generations different to me. There's always been like like a, there's there's so many lines like on any given day a line from Joe Strummer will pop into my head. And the first one that popped into my head when I started working at Radio One. Do you want to make tea at the yeah. BBC? Do you want to? Yeah, do you really want to be a cop? <laughs> that's what I mean. It's just like. And I didn't want censorship. And mm. every, like, management or label I would meet would go, no, you, this is not going to work. A kid in tights and makeup talking about politics. It's, it's, it, they literally said to me, it's never going to get played on Radio 1. <laughs> Seriously, that's what, that's what they said to me. Yeah. They were like, it'll never get played on Radio 1. That's what they said. But to that's me. that's why people like me and Jack and Annie and stuff like that are there for is to to stand in front of the the kids that are doing something completely different and and offer offer a little Dude, help. Yeah, that's what's crazy, and that was what was mental about the support. And I think, of course, people weren't going to understand me at the start because it was like, what is this? Mm. But the, but. I wanted, to, as I said earlier, I wanted to look people in the eye and them to look at me back, not for any other reason than, mm-hmm. than to be like, oh my God, you're like me. You're exactly like me. You yeah. feel exactly the same way as me. That is the that is the one thing that me and my family, people are like, how did, someone came up to me some bullshit music industry event the other night with fucking loads of canapes or whatever. It's <laughs> like, what's the, what's the secret? Like, what's, like, what's the secret That's to what I'm saying. They were like, what's the formula? Come on. And I was like, I, I, I genuinely don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. The the thing that me and my fans have, and my family, they're not my fans, man, they're my family and my community, is yeah. we look at each other in the eyes. It's not even... That's why I meet them after every show. Yeah. It, so I can look them in the eye because we have this mutual thing between us that ain't even a big deal anymore. Mm. Where it's you understand me completely inside out and back to front and you make me feel like it's all right to be on this planet. But the thing is, like, if somebody's coming up and asking for the, the secret, they've already lost. Because, because the secret, I mean, it's not a secret because there's, there's no real formula to it, but one of the main things that I see, if I had to like be asked the thing that connects you and the fans is integrity and honesty. Like, the, the, like, the, like there's the, as I said before, it's grassroots. It's like there, there's no... There's no us and them. But that's a very punk rock ethos thing. Like, you know, uh, like I, I just love those stories. Like, because I used to read so much about punk because, like, growing up my generation, like being a, a teenager in the early 20s, had the shittest music scenes of all time. We had, like, New Rave. And, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, New Rave, which was, the fashion was Top Man t-shirts. Like, yeah. lots of, lots of, like, glowing, glowing, shit, shit, glowing yeah. clothes. And there was a lot of, like half decent indie bands i mean we had Arctic monkeys and stuff like yeah, you know, yeah, pretty yeah. much the same age as them like a yeah. little bit younger so like that was all right that was sick, yeah. but the one thing i loved about punk is like you'd hear stories about them opening the back doors of the gig and just letting their fans in for free yeah, and, dude, and, 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 and and sitting and hanging and chilling with like, them afterwards that's that's what's important to me it's like <laughs> now it's getting to a place like i never normally get stropics i'm pretty pretty um yeah, you know I mean, I'm pretty. I feel pretty lucky to be it. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean, and if I kind of ever become like a pop star in the commas, I'll, you know, what I mean, like, throw me in the Thames. <laughs> you know, what I mean, and I remember at Brixton Academy, I always meet people afterwards, and the the, the kind of the fire marshal and the security came in, and he said to my agent, he was like, "People have been outside for three days." Yeah, been camped outside for three days. Yeah. 
if he says meet me outside, there's going to be 5,000 people on Brixton High Road outside the venue. Well, then that's the case. That's, yeah, that's the price. And that's what I said. But it was they said, we can't do this. It's too it's too risky. If someone gets trampled, if someone gets stinged, they're going to try and grab you. They're going to yeah, do whatever. okay. And I was freaking out because... Well, you have to think about their safety I, too, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I agree. And that's the thing. I was freaking out because on the one, like, I have to see them. Yeah. It's a thing I've got. I don't know what the fuck <laughs> You should have done, like, the... Trust, yeah, trust me. It's like, I'll be doing it in... Like, you should have done, like, the royal family and, st- like, stood from a balcony two, two floors like, up, going, like, waving at everybody. I was, like, I was screaming at my agent. I yeah. never get like that. I was, yeah. like, to Paul Franklin and, and Didi, I was, like... I, I was like, I was like, I'm gonna fucking see him. I was like, I will walk out there. I don't give a fuck. But, but they were like, everyone, like, we need to take precautions here. Yeah. So we kept. I just begged Brixton Academy. I was like, can you just keep the venue open for another hour? Yeah. After the show ends. So what they did was they. That I just said on stage, I was like, the lights gonna come on, but no one has to leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean that, that makes. I just have to touch them. I have to smell them. I have to fucking cuddle them. I don't know why. It's just because I cannot express this enough. Like, I have like I was very low growing up. I was very misunderstood. I was, yeah. I was very depressed. I was very suicidal because I didn't feel like I belonged anywhere. I didn't feel like I had a purpose or a place to go. And the reason mm. why I am so in love with them is because they make me feel like it's all right to be alive does time off scare you then yeah so but like the thing is ultimately at some point you're gonna have to take time off as in like somebody's gonna to pull you aside and go you're gonna burn yourself out which is no good to your fans or you or anybody i think i think but how does the idea of sitting on a beach for like a week or two weeks i tried it at new year and how are you with that do you want to know what I did? I literally was in Australia. Yeah. I was on a beach for... I was supposed to be on a beach for a week. Two days in, got a flight back. <laughs> I just called them. I was like, I can't do it. I'm, I'm, I'm just mental here. I'm on a beach. Yeah. In Byron Bay. I'm like, take me back to London. Yeah. I went to the studio. I because the thing about it is for me, like, it's just like... I'm just built differently, I think. You just need something to keep you going. I mean, I think I I'm, just need this. Me, I just need this. I know it sounds mental. Yeah, no, I feel I, you. It just, it, this is, I'll be doing this till I die. I'll be 75 and me, wife, me missus will be like, what, what you, uh, are you going to come home? Yeah, you're 75 now, yeah. why don't you just chill out? And I'll be like, on a four track, making shit records that are not going to get <laughs> old, old and past me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Trying to get in with the cool kids, but that's just what I'll be doing because I need this. Songs to, for to, the, to live. songs for the underrated OAPs. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? I think You'd still be talking about my generation. Yeah. Really old, but you Dude, that, I, I hope so. I, do you know what I mean? I'll just like, I, I, I think, I think does, that's it. Does it scare you like uh, the prospect of growing older and not being into, I mean like you're what, 22, 23, yeah, 22. 22. Like I, I'm probably, I'm just like literally 10 years older than you. Right. And I'm just, I'm genuinely getting to that stage now where I'm still in touch with a lot of stuff because I'm always on it with music, right? Yeah. But I work with a lot of, like, I've got a label, I've got a little punk band on it, I've got, I, work, I work with teenage people all the time, yeah. so I'm never not, and like, it keeps me feeling fucking great, and, like, it keeps me relevant in my job at Radio yeah. 1 and stuff, because I'm constantly working yeah. with teenagers, but there is, there is going to come a time where you're going to be like, going, you guys are doing what? You're, I mean, you're all vegan now. Nobody drinks anymore. It's kind of great. That's what I mean. But when I, when I meet someone like Dave Grohl and talk to Dave, man, he's like, he's like, 
a legend, but he's still so in touch with. But that's what it, it, it doesn't matter how old you are. It's, it's how much you, how much you. Because it's all a state of mind. You care, and I think that's the thing. Are interested? Me. I think that's the thing for me. Like I have sixty to seventy year olds in my show. People won't believe that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean, I'll tell you, it's like 15, 14 and fifteen year old girls with first uh-huh. four rows screaming. Then it's eighteen to twenty year old lads beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> and like back going up to the. The stalls is like the parents. Yeah. And then the Batman is like 80, 70 or 80 year olds. It's crazy. That's mad. Because I think it's a state <laughs> of mind. It's about. Cause I really can't, I can't picture it. Yeah, like, I mean, it's mad. Yeah. And it's sick though. It's just like screaming everywhere because it's about, it's about acceptance. Young blood is acceptance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what it is. No matter who you are, uh-huh. it's a place to feel accepted and to feel loved and to feel wanted. You know what I mean? And, and to belong somewhere. And that's I what like it's that. About. It's, it's like the least exclusive club that you feel exclusive being in. Completely, it's representation for the unrepresented. Yeah, perfect. You know what I mean? And yeah. and, and that's why I, I genuinely believe that it ain't, it ain't. We aren't going anywhere over uh, like overnight. It's mm. not. I never wanted it to be about a song. So much music now is so fucking vapid because it's like you get the hit, we get the fucking media thing, bang, and then two minutes later you 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 nobody, you fucking do you know what I mean? You're literally Listen, you're on presenting you... a cooking channel or something, do you know what I mean? And it's like <laughs> it's like it's it's because it's not yeah. about you're not in it for the right reason. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It's like if I have an hit record, great. If I don't, I'm not bothered about that. I wanna play stadiums, that's it. Well, like I mean, the hit records help you get there, don't they? Yeah, I mean, but it's, I mean, but it's kind of. Hi, could you imagine? Imagine you play like Wembley Stadium. How long? <laughs> how long are they going to have to keep Wembley Stadium open for if you want to yeah, go meet I mean, all the I, fans I, I, for I, that I, one? I'll, I'll probably be in, be in the car park. I think that'd be crazy. Yeah, like, exactly. Imagine? Just like get a helicopter and be hanging down off that'd it, like hard. going going across, like touching people's. That'd you should crazy. do like a Bon Jovi and get like a zip line so yeah. we can like zip like down into your. I mean, what's the point <laughs> being a rock star, right? And and like not being able to do fun it's shit like that. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> it's kind of got to a phase where we can start to do like really fun. Shit. Yeah, well, I mean, like we got Joey Jordanson from Slipknot on a drum riser going round and round in 360 and yeah, Motley Crue and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, it's the antithesis of what the Clash would do, but at the same time, you got to find your own motor. Dude, like Travis Scott, man. Like Travis Scott to me is the new modern Clash. Yeah, genuinely. Like I've, I'm telling you, like it's weird. Like when I come back home, like sometimes people don't get it as much as America, but the things he has done for young people in America. He's my chemical romance. Yeah. But for a modern generation, mm-hmm. I'm telling you. Like, I've been to a Travis Scott show. Do you know what I mean? I've, I've listened to his music. I know his camp. Do you know what I mean? Um, people, some people in his camp, I've spoke to some people in his camp. And, and um, that's what I find interesting. That collab would be good, wouldn't it? Dude, I'd die. I'd love that. I'd, I'd Speaking of my chemical crazy. romance, they're, they're, they're back. They're playing yeah. loads of gigs. In the summer in the UK, surely you're the support for that, right? Um, oh, come on, I like don't I, know what, I don't know what you're talking. About. I don't know anything behind the scenes. I was just thinking about it on the train nah, on the I way just, up. I was I like, going, that's an easy booking right I, there." I say I, I love them, I, 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 and that would be your test for like a stadium, then. Dude, the thing about it is, man, it's like I, I love, I, I love them, I love them. They want, they are. Gerard Way is like an anticipate, like it's probably partly a reason for why I am who I am and who I became to be because I, w- I had someone to look up to like that. My friend Claire Abraham in school, I remember she was this redhead girl and um, she was always kind of quiet but she introduced me to My Chemical Romance 
I remember where we were. We were at my mate's house, Thomas, Thomas Broadley. You all right, Thomas? All right, Thomas, man, if you're listening. And, um, and she played me that album. And it was, um, it was just, it was just crazy to me. Yeah. She played me all the songs, like, she played me, like, Famous Last Words and everything, and, and, I, and, and it just, it just clicked to me in a different way. It just made me kind of feel like I could be an alien. And, and I said, to, and I said to myself, I was like, I want to do something like that because they did. You know what I mean? If they can... Well, you can't, like, I mean, your, your community and fan base and stuff, like, also, do you have a name for them? They, yeah, they're called the Black Arts Club yeah. because of these tattoos. Yeah, but there, there you go. Like, I mean, that's kind of, you are doing essentially what he did. Dude, and that's, that's what's mental about it. It's like, I remember getting these tattoos. I posted it on Instagram that I got these tattoos, and the day afterwards, there were 70 people got tattooed. <laughs> and I didn't even call it that. Yeah. They called it the Black Arts Club. I said, well, that's who we are. You can't name your own fandom. And yeah, now there's about 50,000 or 60,000 tattoos out there. Oh, my God. Which is crazy. That's mad. And it's growing every And that's, day. that's there forever. Like, people will always know. Dude, and that's the thing about it. That's what it was about for me. It was about making music that would save my life and save other people's mm. lives and make people feel less lonely. That's what it's about. You know what I mean? And that's what we were talking about when you said about truth. The thing I have in my fan base is so amazing that I can write about anything. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be fuck the establishment for my next five albums. Because yeah, yeah. we're growing up together. So what this next album's about. It's about, it's a coming of age record where maybe men, me having mental health issues and... Um, Massive insecurity in my whole life wasn't a handicap for me. Maybe it was just a crutch that I could walk down the fucking road of life with because maybe it was the best thing that ever happened. Well, see, to like, me. I like, I mean, I've suffered from anxiety and panic attacks since I was a kid. Like, I and since I was probably about 16, like, it really came on about maybe 16, 17, but actually thinking back further, I was definitely like one of those like anxious kids and have been my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I think. The, I mean, there's the bad part of it, which makes you overthink things and like you get intrusive thoughts and you, oh, you, yeah. and you and you feel real fucked up, right? But actually, one of the good things about it is because your mind is overthinking all the time. Sometimes it's overthinking bad things, but sometimes it's overthinking good things. Oh, so, so when you're overthinking the good things, you're really planning your life out ahead of you in a really good way, which gives you actual fucking clarity through the quagmire of shit. Yeah. So you can, you can actually follow. You've painted out where you want to go, so then you've got real belief and purpose to go and get that. But the bad side is you have to put up with the with the that's, with the with the dark I mean, bit that's as well. What I'm saying it gave me it gave me purpose, and and as I say, like when there's a moment in the set where I play a song called Casual Sabotage, and I sit and I just play it on an acoustic guitar, and we've got loads of shit, like loads of shit. Like we've got like triggers and tracks and everything. But yeah. this moment. I sit and my guitar tech comes and plays bass on stage. Right, yeah. So we just sit down mm. and just take it down for a second. And this song is called Casual Sabotage and it's about existing in a world feeling like you're an alien and mm-hmm. feeling so isolated and feeling so in the corner of the room, almost. And... Um, every night it just goes crazy. And we played... Um, we played MTV 
thing last night. And I got everyone to... Everyone just, everyone's just crying. I said, I ain't played it in weeks. Mm-hmm. For three weeks, which is an eternity to me. Yeah. I'm like, I've been writing an album. I'm like, get me yeah. back on the road. Get me back on the road. It needs to be on the road. <coughs> and... Um, Everyone was just bawling. I started crying my eyes out because there's just... I can't even explain to you, like, if you haven't been to a Youngblood show and people mm. who are listening who are, hello, how are you? Um, there's just... It's almost like an implosion mm-hmm. where the energy can't get out so it explodes back into each other and your heart just quivers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean... And, and, and I got everyone to look at a camera because... People always ask me, what's my goal? Is it to, do you know what I mean? Have like a number one and whatever. And I was like, that's an afterthought to me. It's just to connect to more people because there's more people out there who feel like they can't be who they are. Mm. So I got everyone to look at a camera and, 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 and just literally scream, you're not alone. At all the cameras, yeah. like, find a camera. And it was amazing. I love that. Like, it, it, it was all it, my skinhead, fucking punk dyed hair but it's worth it if, if screaming it, in cameras just going if that shit reaches one person then it means a lot that's it that's it what I said what's your goal for 2020 I was like, I don't, like one or a million I just want to reach people yeah and make them big feel time. better about themselves but like that that idea of isolation and, and loneliness is something that obviously has like um, been like a heartbeat through your song from the very beginning because I've like I've, I've almost forgot to get to the demo which is called Loner. Yeah. Loner. Um. So we're gonna we're gonna jump into it now. Anybody who's listening to this episode of the Slacker Podcast was, this prob- is was probably thinking, this, going, this "Are this they makes, ever gonna get to the fucking yeah, demo?" Sorry. Yeah. This makes me <laughs> feel so. I like. I want to be sick when I hear this. So I, I record it on an eight track. Right. I tell you what. We're gonna play a little bit of it now, and we'll come back off the other side That's of this. So polite. I'm sorry. Hey, hello, hello. Hey, hello. Hey, hello. All my friends have been said again 
Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You know what I mean, yeah. You know what I mean.
that was a demo of Loner uh, from Youngblood. Yeah, it's 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 pretty it's pretty like uh, scones and scones, Dude, yeah, scones like, and jam. Yeah, that's what I mean. I want it to sound like the Happy Mondays. You know what I mean? And it's so funny if I released that thirty years ago, it yeah. would have been all right. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's why a lot of people fucking don't like me sometimes because <laughs> I want it to. I want to just fucking make it I think I remember getting sent that or hearing that maybe not that demo but the the, the other one and I was like it sounds a lot like the Arctic Monkeys yeah but I, like, it was like when we were in there oh that's my phone that's probably my mum dude she calls go me go on stick her on then Hello? I'm just like one second. it was that calling me it's definitely my mum it's the Arctic Monkeys they want their sound yeah back, it's man. Alex it's Alex <laughs> No, that's someone from Ireland calling me that's weird from Ireland Ireland yeah is it my mum maybe it might be your mum Plus three five three. Yeah, and it plus three five three. Um, but that's it, man. It's like I remember in the, being in the studio and like starting with something like that. I, I just had this song. I did it myself. I recorded everything myself. Yeah. I just wanted it to sound like Oasis, Stone Rose, or the After Mondays, because that's where I come from. I come from the yeah, north. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, I'm just going to put this down. I had this idea on Easter Sunday. I went home, mm. and in between Sunday dinner, it just came to me in my head. Were you living in London at the time yeah. that you were doing this? Right. Yeah, I was cu- I was living in London and and kind of went I went home for Easter Sunday to see my mum. Yeah, and um, I was like, yeah, I was. I remember I was like, I was, I was just. You must have been popular stupid. in your house, like, like, like going home for Easter Sunday, not seeing your ma for ages, and then dripping gravy all over your chin and oh, running up to yeah, record the song. Yeah, I'm serious, man. They're, they're like, fucking shut up! It's Sunday. We haven't seen you in weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm like, um, just yeah. playing on my grandma's piano. And I got into the studio, I was like, this is so fucking polite. Do you know what I mean? It just sounds, I was like, if I wanted to, this just to be an indie record, I'd, I'd release it. But it can't be. It needs to be, it needs to be disruptive. But you, like your early stuff was a lot more indie than it is, yeah. it is now. Like your stuff's heavier now. It's, it's got more 808s, hip hop beats. That's, I mean, that's just because I found that world. Yeah. I mean, I, I loved old school hip hop, but I went to America and I met, Producers like Nick Mero did all the Juice World stuff and uh-huh. the Lil Tecca stuff and yeah. and I met like Taz Taylor from Internet Money and Lewis Bell who does all the posty stuff and just fell in love with this idea that it's all nineteen year old kids making the music yeah yeah and that's punk uh-huh. fuck yeah and I was like. I was in the studio making indie records with 35-year-old dudes, like, spending five... You know what I mean? Doing doing that. And I was like, it was just refreshing as fuck to me to go over there. And I think that's why some, like, indie bands don't like me a lot because it's like... It's almost a bit like, how can you fucking be so sacrilegious? You know what I mean? <laughs> and put an 808 over that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just like... I mean, who wrote the rules? Like? Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's just like, I just wanted <clears> to fucking... So that, that demo had... That was when you were a five-piece band. Dude, yeah, le- le- I mean, that was, like, legitimately, like, <coughs> early days, mm. early, early. I think King Charles would come out, Man and Me would come out, and i just put mm. that down because it was in my head. And that's where I started because I was obsessed with the monkeys. I was obsessed with Oasis. I was yeah. obsessed with Thing, but... What, was, was that Was that before or after? Because, like, you met your band at my club night, my yeah, slacker night. Yeah. Was that, was that like, that was before, that was, that was, that was, was after, after. That yeah. was after, I met Adam and I met Mikey, so Mikey was playing drums Yeah, so t- yeah, tell me about like the slacker night you Dude, came to, because I so definitely met, I met you and I met um, your manager, I think at the Jamie, time. Yeah, it was like my, yeah. one of my first managers, Jamie yeah. and Emmett, the young kids. Yeah. Emmett's from, 
Emmett's from Waterford. Yeah, he is, yeah. And um, Jamie's from Australia. And I just signed, like, to a management company. And, and I was just trying to, you know what I mean, no one wanted to sign me. And I was like, mm. okay, cool, I'm going to... I was going out every night just trying to meet people, trying to meet young A&Rs, trying to meet anyone just to kind of get people to notice me, give a, yeah. give a demo or whatever. It's mad, like, the hustle, the hustle is real, like... Oh, dude, yeah, trust me, like, when people, like, say, ever say to me, like, oh, he's, like, he got it easy, it's like... We were we were struggling for ages. I love that idea of you and Lewis Capaldi, two of the most successful artists of the last year, and go, go we were at going your club night, like trying around. to and demos out and shit. Like yeah, seriously, yeah. like Lewis, Lewis used to was Lewis with you that night? Uh, no, no, Lewis wasn't with me. But because I just that was I, I met Lewis through Adam. Okay, so Adam, my guitar player, had just moved to London to go to university to study guitar. Yeah. Um, playing because he was like in Glasgow I was like I need to get out of fucking Glasgow I want mm-hmm. to go to London I fucking love Glasgow I was like I don't know why I love it up here but I'm glad you did um, and Mikey was playing drums for Chloe yeah um, and um, I just came I just came to watch it do you know what I mean because they were like man I was just out I wanted to be <clears> part <throat> of the scene I didn't know who I'd meet there I might meet someone I could write with or I might meet mm. a producer I might meet whatever and I came and I just met Adam. Mm-hmm. And there he like literally looked like, I don't know, man, he just looked like Tony Iommi. He's got this big curly <laughs> What, he's hair. missing two fingers? Yeah, yeah, he's got this big curly hair. He's got like Tony, he's like Tony Iommi meets Johnny Marr. Yeah. He's got this big curly hair and he's like, he had his, this eyeliner and this leather jacket on. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so did I. And we both kind of looked at each other. Did we like, just become best friends? That's legitimately. It was just kind of like, you belong in my camp. I don't know yeah. what that camp is, but you kind of belong. And we started talking about it. And we're like, yeah. we were. To- I remember we were walking about till about five in the morning. We left. Oh, I love that. And when we you, like, wa- you've really hatched on something. Dude, we were walking about, talking about the Smiths, talking about the Cure, talking about the Joy Division film, Control, everything. Yeah. Those people, those things simultaneously changed our lives Mm -hmm. at, like, a very similar time. Like, he's a year older than me. So we watched the Joy Division film at, like, 15, and I watched it at 14, or whatever, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then... And we were just best mates. Mm -hmm. And also, we met Mikey that night, but Mikey was a bit distracted because he was playing. He was, like, like, loading out and stuff. yeah. And Mikey was kind of, I think the Chloe thing was kind of like coming to an end or coming to a maybe. I mean, she's had a bit of like, like uh, stops and starts. Like yeah, that's what I mean. I think I think they're kind of taking a bit of a bit of time. She was going to go write a record, so I was mm. like, "Do you want to be in a band? Like, I want to do rock music." And Adam was like, "Thank fuck, man." And yeah. Mikey was like, "Thank fuck, man," because Mikey's a rock drummer. Yeah, yeah. He was playing all the like electro pop. Yeah, yeah. And no one was doing rock music. So, was... I mean, I think it was fucking. It was. It was doing. It was like Rat Boy, and that was about it. Do yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. And um, and fucking a couple others that you know what I mean were just kind of doing their thing. Big up mentioned the rap boy as well. He's one of the OGs. I was he was on my label. At yeah, the start. I, I know, yeah. man. I know, man. I, I know Jordan well. Like we we, we hang out and stuff. He's we, a we, good we, dude. We see each other. That's a cool lab. I'd like to see. That'd be crazy. Yeah, I would love to see That'd that. Be cool. Um, he he makes sick beats. Dude, I love it. It's crazy. It was weird, man. It was just like we just clicked, and me and Adam. 
Mikey went back up to Glasgow. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Adam stayed in London. Uh-huh. So we met the next day, even though we'd left each other at like 5 a.m. Yeah. We, were, we met for a coffee at like one in Soho, kept walking around, kept talking. Pip went to a guitar, went to me, like, went to my old man's guitar shop, played some fucking guitar. And I was like, I had, I had a spare room in my house mm-hmm. because I just like. You're doing all right having a spare room in your house in London. I've just done that fucking. I've just done a reality (laughs) TV show. Yeah. I just did that fucking. I was was in TV for a bit. I'm miserable. What was the reality TV? No, it wasn't reality TV. I I was on fucking Disney Channel. Oh, Disney Channel. Yeah, I I didn't. In my research, I didn't even know this. Dude, yeah, it's so crazy when people say that. It was called different. It was called the Lodge. Yeah, dude, it was such a different time in my life, which was filmed in Belfast. Yeah. But I was like, I was, I was in London. I moved and I was struggling and. Someone was like, do you want to be in this for a fucking load of money? I was like, yeah. Yeah. Sick. And to me, man, it was like anything would give me a platform to get to meet people. Mm. I had a fucking sick time doing it. Trust me, we were, me and the cast were very naughty. It was sick. So I just kind of like just had this like flat that I was renting and just running out of cash desperately. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? But I was like, fuck it. I'm, I'm, I want to be I want to be a musician. You know what I mean? So I was just like to Adam. I was like, wait, what, what are you doing? And he'd moved, moved in to a flat in Clapham mm-hmm. um, for, like, 50 quid a week or something crazy like that. And Jesus It was mental that. because it was so similar. When I first moved down, yeah, yeah. I came to London at 15. Yeah. Like, I literally was like, fuck, Donny, at 15. How, what was your what was your mum like when you were coming down to Doncaster Don, Don It was my dad, man. They were, they were just like, they were like, I've always been a bit of a wanderer. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what I mean? I was getting a train to Leeds at 12. Right, Do you right, know what right. I mean? Yeah. On my own. I mean, I won't be worried, but I'll be like, Mum, I'm fine, I promise you. So my mum always knew. You but, speak, if you speak to my mum about it, she was like, I knew it could to London. If it, like, I was like, Mum, i got to get out. I remember looking at my mum and dad, I was like, in makeup and stuff, and I was like, I'm never going to be accepted here. Yeah, but when you, like... I'm never going to be what, able to be. But how do you I move am. down when you're 15? Like, I mean, like, what is the actual logistics it of it? It was like I found I found um, a a, a, uh, a place in Ostily. Yeah. With a lady called Marge. Yeah. So like, my mum was like, "Cool, but you need to go. It needs to be an halfway house." Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's like it's like an, a, a, a a lady's a lodger. Yeah, yeah. You're not getting your own flat. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? I can't afford me on flat. Yeah, yeah. So I pay this lady 75 quid a week. She gave me free breakfast, toast. And she was just basically like a kind of surrogate. She she was just like in an house. Do you know what I mean? So it was like if the fucking house caught on fire, she'd wake me up and I wouldn't die. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Or she'd like make me a cup of tea when I was missing my mum or something. I don't know. And I live. I moved in with a kid called James. It uh-huh. was like still close to me to this day. Yeah, yeah. So like it was kind of weird because and it was just hilarious. Like it was like loads of cats and I've asthma so it was fucked oh my god I've got the same I've Dude, done yeah, yeah, flat, I've I, lived I, in a house with cats before and I almost was, died but I was like she, it, we got, I got free <laughs> breakfast and I was skin mm. so she always used to have this like she always used to buy like you know tiger bread yeah oh I love it yeah she used to, loads I, used of butter. to I lived off t- tiger bread for a year <laughs> so I had no what, money what was an average what was an average day for you when you were 15 roaming around London it was like because I went because I came to London and I went and I, I looked around and I got into an art school Right, okay. In, in Chiswick. Yeah. And I was like, cool, man, this is going to be amazing. Like, I've got into fucking art school. I'm going to meet meet people to play in a band Yeah, with. I mean, that's exactly. That's it's how it works, like right? I'm going to f- be able to it, be who I am finally. The, all this suppression on my head, yeah. I'm going to get to be who I am. Uh-huh. 
But it was the worst thing ever because they were trying to paint, like it was painted by numbers. Oh shit, right, okay. It was like, this is how it should be done. This is the formula. This, and I was like, I couldn't fucking handle it because the one place in the world that was supposed to accept me for who I am. It's cast, art school. It, it, you know what I mean? Cast me aside. I, I lined up. I saw, uh, I saw a, a, an advert for a, for a young people wanted for a TV show. And you're and like, I stood okay. in line for seven hours in... X Factor style. In... in in um, East London, and mm-hmm. it was the Disney show. Mm-hmm. And when it, when it turned out to be Disney, I was like, okay, cool, wow, that's a bit... Because I'm, I'm just fucking in me Fred Perry. Yeah. You know what I mean? In <laughs> yeah. Creepers. I was literally, that's what I looked like. Yeah. Um, and I went in and played, like... I think I played, like, Friday, I'm in love by The Cure or something. And uh-huh. I also was singing, like, Baby. Uh, but they kind of... I think they liked that. Mm-hmm. They liked the darkness of it. They, they, wanted, a, they wanted a better rough... Yeah, I think so, and, and the like the darkness of it, and I got it, and then I did that. I was supposed to be on for three years, but after a year, I was like, "Please, can I leave?" <laughs> I never really. <laughs> Is be- it still going? Uh, no, 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 no. Anymore. I think they did three series and caught it, but I was like, I was, I, I was not. I was just trying things. I, mm. I never really belonged anywhere. Yeah, yeah, I went to art school. It didn't work. I did that. It didn't work. I was like... I think that's an important lesson for people listening. Like, you're young and... Or it doesn't actually matter, no matter what age. It doesn't matter what age. It's just try as much stuff as you can until something sticks. I, I, I mean, I played in bands for 10 years and then I got the radio and then I was like, oh, oh wait, hold on. This is me. That's what I mean. And the thing about it is, man, it's like... It, what's it, it's That's the thing about this generation. Why the fuck... Could I not be on a Disney show and then be in a fucking punk band? It don't matter. Yeah. Because I was me. I was always me doing it. I mean, look, listen, look at Miley Cyrus. That's what I mean. Dude. She's, <laughs> she's more punk than any of us. Like, like, Hannah Montana. Fucking punk and then she's... Oh, wait, lighting dude, a joint dude. on stage at the Grammys. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like... I was like... It, 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 it don't... Let, be fearless. That's one thing I would say mm. to people. I always mm. say that. Like, be fearless. Because you can figure it out. No matter what you want to do, no matter who you want to be, you can, it'll... It'll work out if you believe it. Yeah, you just have to keep going at it, don't you? Yeah, and, and I think, and, and after that, sorry, so getting back to the Adam story, we went on a, we went on a tangent, was that I was in a similar place to me when I first moved down. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, running out of money. I was like, fuck it, move in with me. Let's start a band, let's do this. Yeah, full time. Let's fucking do it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's going to be shit. Because we have no one. I've got a manager mm-hmm. who genuinely believed in my ideas of what Youngblood was going to be. I figured it all out. Yeah. I was like, this is what it's going to sound like. This is what it's going to look like. You've traced I, it. Now you have to colour it in. Completely. I'd, yeah. I'd written Marry Me. I'd written King Charles. I'd written Polygraph Eyes. Mm. I'd written Tim Pan Boy. And I sat down with an acoustic that day. I remember, mm. in, in like, I literally was like, Adam, come to this fucking place. We sat in the living room with two acoustic guitars. And I played him the stuff, and Adam went, fuck, this is really cool. Mm. And he was so cool. I can't believe I'm saying this, you're a twat. He's so <laughs> fucking cool, man. Like, he's my best friend, and he's so fucking cool. He's, all, he's always my cool meter. And when I push things, he's always like, have I, um, have I gone too far? What was, the, what was the thing that sort of took you out of that sort of traditional indie guitar world into where you're at now i mean like there obviously there are elements of that have met, stayed but like producer, what's the, the one thing that i met a producer called matty schwartz who did massive attack mm. he did mezzanine wow yeah and um i mean trip-hop is essentially indie and hip-hop beats 
kind of filtered through a little bit of weirdness. We sat down, um, because I've written these songs, mm. and um, he loved it. He could see, he could see the energy, mm-hmm. and it was polygraph eyes. There mm-hmm. was a change because I recorded King Charles in a day. I recorded Manomit in a day. We did Ten Pan Boy. All these angsty records that was this simmering pan that was dying to get the fuck out my whole life. Yeah, yeah. I just write songs and the, the production has just got to serve the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, that, that's one of the hardest things to learn is actually you know I mean? like try and when, when less is more, you yeah, know? I'm not going to try and squeeze something into a box because it's going to fit more with my... Like, like what I've done before. Yeah. Because if you do what you've done before, then you just go around in circles. Uh-huh. I mean, trust me, like, my next record, man, like, everything, man, I've been experimenting, like, gospel and stuff, everything, like, why not? Because it, it just comes out. Well, you're a Clash fan, man. The Clash, exactly. over, like, the, over the course like, of their records. This is like Lost in a Supermarket and Training Vain, it, like, like, completely. It's part of Training, like, yeah, exactly. Lost in Supermarket's... Uh, it's power pop. Yeah, it's a power pop record, and then you listen to some stuff on Sandinista, and it's like dub reggae. That's what I mean. It's just like <laughs> at the end of the day, they, they were such genre defiers like early on. Wasn't your granddad in T Rex? Nah, that's so funny, but like because that's on such, it's on Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah it's, I mean, yeah, like exactly. But um, is that true? It's or not? So funny. I think he played with him like once when they came to Donny. Yeah, yeah, you know, what I mean, I think he like he was like a turd. Like, he was like a sort of like yeah, like a muso, lo- like local like, musician, like, like a muso that like people used to get to play like piano. Like they always used to do. What it. was he a bit of a lo- local legend? Then? Yeah, man, he's he's sick, man. He's great on the keys. He's got fucking arthritis in his hands though. It's kind of sad. He can't play anymore. Oh, Sucks. Fuck. Yeah, that does. Suck. He's got like claw hand. Yeah, what it's like, Joe? Yeah, he's, he's got like you know when Bill Nye's got Bill yeah. Nye's got like that. It was his hand. If you look at his hand in movies, his, his hand shuts. Yeah, and it's a thing where your your tendons like shrink, so your hand is, becomes a fist. God, that's that's horrible, especially Dude. for a piano player. Like, yeah, man, yeah. it sucks. It's fucking shit. But it was cool, man. He's got his, he's, he's got his. Um, I think he's got his right hand still. So at Christmas, I, I, I mean, was doing the left hand. He was doing. That. <laughs> that's really cute. Yeah, it was cool. Um, like, but then uh, like, maybe it doesn't shock because sometimes they say things skip a generation. Um, it, so maybe it didn't come as that much of a shock to your mum or dad that you like ended up yeah, in this I, when when there's like, red runs in the family, right? It was weird, man. Like, I always talk about you know what I mean an older generation not understanding me, and. Um, it was weird, man, we're growing up. But then the mean? super old one does. <laughs> yeah, they do. It's, like, it's weird, man. My me, me mum and dad were, 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 were sick, you know what I mean? They were cool. Like, they, they, they understood me as much as they could. Mm. You know what I mean? Obviously, like, it's... When you, Parents so, aren't really when, meant yeah, to understand yeah, you. That's yeah, just yeah, exactly. how it's meant when to be. Son, when your kid's not the ideal kid, they're going to try and love you anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I was not the ideal kid. Were you getting expelled? Were you like... I was, just yeah, a, I was getting suspended. I was. I had massive ADHD problems. I, what, was I was, the, what was the worst thing you got suspended for? I mooned my maths teacher. Because <laughs> someone told me to do it. Like, yeah. I was like, fine, Jacob Spooner. Thanks, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Jacob Spooner. I was like, going, Jacob me. Spooner made you pull a mooner? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <clears> I was like, pressed it against the window to my maths teacher. Miss Ammo. You pressed it as well. I mean, yeah. that makes it worse. Yeah. Dude. That probably added another week to the suspension. Dude, if I you... remember me, the, the, deputy head, the deputy head, when he suspended me, were laughing. He's like, how the fuck can you suspend me laughing? He's like, I'm going to have to suspend you. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? You're laughing at me. <laughs> Why are you suspending me? Do you know what I mean? He was laughing at me. So, but like, was the ADHD something that like you had to control? Like, I mean, is, like, or was it something that's better left? Yeah, I mean, the was, tries, was it? The was, like, the, did they put you on like Ritalin? Or? Said, but my mum was like, my, my son's a ghost. Do you know what I mean? Like when when 
that shit, it, it either works on you or it doesn't. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I think that's what my, you know, the song medication's about. It's yeah. About, it's so easy now. People just over-prescribe. There's a real <coughs> bad crisis of, like, Xanax and... Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Blueies and... What and that, what's the other one? Oxico, Oxico, um, Oxycontin. It's all anti-anxiety medicine. Yeah, the people are taking. It's, and it's, it's, it's over-the-counter heroin, man. It's the beats changed. It's so funny, isn't it, when you look at music? like It's like that ASAP Rocky Clams Casino style, yeah, dude, style of hip-hop. It's role. It's like, it's where... If you, like, music changes with drug culture. It always does, man. If you look at, like, the 60s, it was all cocaine. So it was like... Yeah, I mean, and fucking do... Manchester, the Hacienda, ecstasy. Yeah, it was always that shit. I mean, the Stone Roses, pills. You know what I mean? It was all... And it's kind of... It's interesting because, like, trap music, um, there's a lot of rolling music as well. Do you know what I mean? And people like to roll to it and, like, like, mm. like to sip lean and, like, to take Cody. When you say roll, like, somebody's listening to this doesn't know what that means. What do you mean? It's kind of like, if you imagine rolling, if you imagine a, a rolling down a hill, it's like a circular motion. Yeah, where yeah. Where your head kind of, like, it's, it's not too... In your face, because it can spook you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? If you're if you're rolling, if you're on, if you're rolling on E or you're rolling on thing. I don't really do drugs, but I understand it because I, I speak to a lot of musicians and yeah, yeah. you know what I mean who, who like who do and and it's just a culture thing within that within that scene. And it's like it's the beat. If you listen to t- like the perfect fucking rolling record, <laughs> lol, um, is like Topanga by Trippy Red. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll play it after. It's got it's kind of. It's upbeat, it's happy, but it just rolls along yeah. down the hill and you kind of mm. trip out to it. Is drugs as prevalent in the music industry as as like people have made it out to be over the years, do I you think, think? I think I think um I think pe- young people are always gonna do drugs. You know what I mean? As, and as I say, like that that's just the way that's the way it's gonna be. That's they've all, we, they always have, we always have, we always will. You know what I mean? It's just a a part of growing up, experimenting and feeling things. But I always say, be safe. Get you, like, like, at festivals, man, in Australia, they've got it. They've got, they've got drug testers. One of the questions I wanted to ask you is because, like, you've blown up so fast. Um, and it, obviously, on the, maybe you don't think it's so fast, but, like, I mean, I... I've been working in the game for since maybe about 2012 on the radio. And I haven't seen anybody blow up as fast as you, apart from maybe like Billie yeah, Eilish. Crazy. Like, and she, she went fast too. Um, but Anne Lewis, like, I mean, you, over the course of about two years, yeah. you, you went from playing to nobody to playing to everybody. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, what is it like to be your age and, and actually being able to, you know, actually have expendable income? And, and like, does that, like, I mean, when you've got that, that amount of money at your age, can it be a dangerous thing as in like you can basically get what you want when you want it now if you want it i think and i think that's i think that's what the thing about it is is like i'm so lucky to have a team and i was kind of i was brought up in a family business man do you know what i mean so of what course was the, what was the family business we just ran, ran guitar shop oh right okay yeah do you know what i mean so yeah. i was like in donny yeah we had a guitar shop so that we you know what i mean if we had a good day we'll be counting takings over a chinese takeaway if we had a bad day we'll be having a fucking Ham and cheese sandwich, yeah. a, 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 a soggy ham and cheese sandwich. <laughs> you know I mean, I think that's it. I, I was like, I was my. They always taught me that, you know. what I mean, my mum and dad was like, doesn't matter what you've got, as long as you, you know. What I mean, happiness was 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 kind of happiness out of life instead of money. 
an achievement and success in life instead of money was embedded in me. You know? Yeah, it's yeah, a very yeah. Kind of northern way of, of feeling. As I feel, well. uh, yeah, I feel like where we like. I mean, Northern Ireland and the North of England are very similar. very similar. Like. And I think yeah, it's kind of crazy that like obviously like I can buy like a fucking dope pair of shoes or a Louis bag and be like that's sick man because mm. that's kind of you know I mean I love like fashion I love that shit but as I say like what's kind of amazing is I got a good team I don't I don't think about money I'm, I'm not doing it for that I'm just yeah just I, I, kind don't, of, I don't get that idea that yeah, you're, like yeah, you, you've got a check it, in your eyes like nah I'm just doing I'm just like that's secondary I, I like I, people like my management's like forcing me to go see my accountant and shit do you know what yeah. I mean it's like I'm just here for the for the music and the, and the community and the connection. Have like, you have you spoiled your parents? Have you spoiled your mum? Yeah, man. Like, it was, what it was, what have you done for? Them? I it, mean, like, it was a good Christmas, man. I, I was like, you know, what I mean, um, my dad. Like, I don't know when this is coming out, but it's my dad's birthday on the fifth of February. Mm. When is it coming out? Is it It'll be after that. Hard six. So I can okay. t- I can yeah, say that. Yeah. I'm gonna buy. He wants to be a sailor. You know yeah. what I mean? And I was like, one day I'm gonna buy him a belt or something. I think he wants to like grow old and sail. Yeah. Which would be sick, so I'm going to get him, like, a sailing, like, away. <laughs> like, a sick as fuck one. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, get him, like, a luxury sailing thing with my mom, and, like, I love, you know, I mean, I love, I love that, and it's crazy. It's, it is amazing to be able to kind of, you know what I mean, uh, go for a nice meal and shit. The, the, I mean, that's... I want to buy a house, I think. Yeah, I you think I mean? so. I want to buy a house in London. You do? Yeah. That'd yeah. Be, that'd be crazy. And it's, and it's, it's just crazy, it's... It's sick, man. Me and Lewis were saying that we were like just in LA. Just buying the house together. Dude, that'd be so hard. <laughs> we were just like in in LA with each other, and we were just looking at each other like, "This is genuinely mental." Yeah, you know, what I mean, it's genuinely mental. Yeah, you've both popped about at the same time. Yeah, dude, that we're in here, and we're like, we were together. He, I, he was there when I was there when he released Bruises. He was there when I released King Charles. Yeah, we were in, yeah. We were in canavans in Peckham. <laughs> when King Charles came out, yeah, yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, it was, it was, it was crazy. And, and to be in, to be in Los Angeles in this fucking five paparazzi waiting outside to get us, yeah. on the way out, it's just obscene to us. Do you know what see, I mean? Like, it's like that, that style of the paparazzi thing, and like that, that comes with fame, but it also comes with being connected to other famous people. So, like, when you started going out with Halsey, yeah. I'd imagine like the paparazzi and stuff like that probably kicked in a little bit harder yeah, than man. it did beforehand. It was like, as I say, yeah, absolutely, man. She's 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 massive. Is is it easier going out with somebody else who does the same sort of thing that you do because they un- you know because because they because they un- because they understand the pressures and what it's like to be a touring musician and what was have a level about of infamy? Mine and Ash's relationship. Ash's Halsey. Um, her name's Ashley. That's Halsey's like an anagram of, um, of Ashley. Yeah. What was interesting about our relationship was we met each other and we were kind of an escape from it. You know what I mean? If you like, you look at, like, I don't know, like, in inverted commas, whatever you say, like, a celebrity couple or mm. whatever, we were kind of wanted to be the opposite of that. We just weren't interested. Like, we met each other for a beer and just started and were just talking for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours because we were from the same place. She's from New Jersey, which is like the Donny of, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Or the Sheffield yeah. of. It's like Sopranos of, is shot. Yeah, completely. And yours is like where Shameless is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And that's what I mean. And it's You're all Shameless, very, she's Sopranos. Yeah, exactly. Right. Okay, and, we got and, it. And, that, and that's, that's why we got on. And as I say, it was there. 
Yeah. Yes, people were following us around. Yes, whatever. And it's intense. And she's like, you know what I mean? Like, like it, that was part of her, her life massively. Um, you know, I think it's really weird that like you were such an Oasis fan growing up and now you're going out with one of their daughters. I'm not going over. Are you not going? No, over? I'm not dating it. I'm not dating it. That uh, was a that was a that was a son story. Oh, uh, was it the bloody son? Yeah. I don't read the son. I must have seen it somewhere else. Yeah, dude, like, it's can, crazy. I can't read the son. Yeah, it's of so funny. It's, it's uh, me and Anais. Like, like she is the best, bro. Like she's crazy. Like I can see why people would would think it because like on the outside, like we're very affectionate to each other, but yeah. it's more like a brother sister kind of she, thing. Do you have a favorite favorite Gallagher brother? Um, I think they complement each other. Do you know what I mean? I think Oasis. What like, was it? There was a knows the songs and like Liam's the attitude, isn't it? Have you ever seen the clip of Pete Doherty um, when he was fifteen standing outside a record store waiting for the album? Yeah, dude, it's so funny. It's and like, what, really how do you describe? How do you describe Oasis trousers? That's yeah. what he says. Yeah. It's but like, Noel's the town crier. No, no, no. Noel's the poet. Noel's the... And then and and Liam's, Liam's the town crier. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, and, and he's like, can you say that again? Yeah. <laughs> I, had, I had Pete DeHardy on the last season of the podcast. Oh, sick. And I asked him about that. And he said that he was part there for Oasis and part there because he heard those TV cameras and he wanted to get on. That's so... That's complicated. <laughs> yeah, I love the liberty as well. That's, that's what me and Adam um, bonded over massively. Like... We just wanted to be Pete and Carl. Yeah, well, especially when you're living in London and broke and write, yeah. writing some music, that, and that's kind of what they did. It. Like we had no, like we had crazy stories. We like we moved mm. in when Mikey moved out of London. We moved into a two bed flat in Clapham. I mean, was it a, was it a party house? Was oh it yeah, dude, like, that's what I'm saying. It's so funny. Like this, like all the fucking tabloids like used to talk about like because Lewis used to be around all the time. We used to get we used to get like pissed on lager. Used yeah, to get fucked. We'd be drinking all day like. Mm. And playing music, and the neighbours hated us because we'd just be bringing everyone back, and everyone would be at our house. Mm. Just play like we'd have amplifiers because all our gear was in the house. We'd have a drum kit in the front <laughs> room, and we'd yeah. be like full on rehearsing at five in the morning on a Tuesday night after coming back. I'm from so glad I'm the, not your neighbour. The world's end. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it was just we were just all jamming. It was just mm. shit. We were terrible because we were just all hammered. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it was just. It was a kind of a very depressive but beautiful time of our. I know what lives. you. I know what you mean. Like you were, <clears throat> the highs were high and the lows were low. Yeah, absolutely. There was nothing in the middle. You know what I mean? There was no. There was. We just. We just go up to Camden. We just go up to Camden and um, we'd have black coats and eyeliner, looking like and scarves. Trying to look like Pete and Carl. To be fair, like you wouldn't, no, you wouldn't have stood out in Camden. No, that's <laughs> what I mean. And we didn't want to. We were just like, this is sick. Uh, listen, I've took up enough of your time. Um, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. And I, I, I will just, I'll, I'll watch what you're doing from a distance, and I'll be tired for you. How about that? Dude, yeah, man, I can't wait to show you what we've got coming. It's, it's, it's pretty. What's the pretty album called? Do you know? Don't know. Are yet. you allowed to say? I don't know. Yeah, as I say, I'm, play, I'm playing with ideas. But I know it's going to be a massive coming of age story. I can't wait for you to wear it. Happy days. Rockstar. Well, I think we all know a little bit more about Youngblood right now. What do you think? That was episode two uh, of series three of the Slacker podcast. Um, thank you so much for 
listening to it. Thanks very much for getting to the end of it. If you enjoyed it, um, give the show uh, a rate and review on the Apple Podcast Forum. Uh, and yeah, apart from that, all I've left to say is I have a brand new club night which is starting called the Melancholy Social Club, um, uh, which has a date in the waiting room in uh, London and uh, at the Rossi Bar in Brighton uh, as well. I'll put all the ticket details on below, but it's basically me and a couple of decent DJs playing club music for people who don't really like going mental clubbing. It's like soulful groove laced dance music some like chill hip-hop it's just like it's just all about really really good well-selected tunes and it's called the melancholy social club coming to brighton coming to london if you sign up on patreon vip you get free tickets and yeah that's about it thank you very much for listening um next week on the podcast we will have the mighty fontaine's dc Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 